Potterfamilias. Why'd you bring Coming the level way down? Coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. Why'd you bring the level way down? Well, I wanted to see if it was going to affect it at all, and it doesn't. It did in my headphones. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. I must be getting a different mix. I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stephen Sylvester. We're messing with the audio. We are. On air. <laughs> <laughs> it's high quality. Yep. You guys are so professional. You guys want it authentic. This is authentic. Hey, are there like podcast awards? Like, you know how you have the Oscars uh, and the Emmys? I don't know, actually. I probably should Not know. that we're at any level. You know, <laughs> are you asking because you want us to apply? Well, I, I can imagine what the minimum download is. Probably, well, if you have 50,000 downloads of each podcast. Yeah, um, I resent that because so like, well, you're excluding have, the little guy. We had 27. You're excluding had, the little guy. We had 27 guy. downloads. We have like 50 subscribers. Not even yet. Oh, okay. YouTube. We have almost 50 subscribers. <laughs> We're so pro. So pro. It's awesome. <laughs> Did you have a good day? I did, actually. I was really busy today. What about you? It was flying by. I like it when I'm busy, when stuff breaks and you got to dive in, you got to You like it when things break? It depends on what it is. If it's something that is really a sake of immediacy, like water is gushing out someplace or something like that, yeah, not necessarily. But I like it when it's like, okay, I got a leak right here. No one's really using it. I got to deal with this. I can do this kind of in in a good way, quality way. And then you know, see, I like fixing stuff knowing that when I am gone, it's still gonna be fixed. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. I love when I'm like, yeah, that is a solid fix. When you were a kid, we went over to a friend's house and one of the kids was chasing after something or a paper airplane and they jumped up on the table. And I think it was your sister, MC, that said, get down, get down. Dad didn't build that. Ah, Wait, I think I remember this now. And I was so proud. I was so elated. I was like, you're right. You better get down because dad didn't build that. Yeah. Do you remember the treehouse that you built us when we were living was, in Mobile? It was a little psychotic. It was I, insane. It was. The, it had like. It almost felt like getting onto a ship. Well, your your grandmother, my mom, is deceased now. But if she were alive, I would uh, publicly apologize because I took advantage of her generosity when we built that treehouse. Because she said, "I want to give you a housewarming gift. What do you guys want?" I said, "Oh, I'd love to build." a swing set in a treehouse. She said, go right ahead and I'll pay for the stuff. No number was mentioned. And it wasn't even yeah. like there's an understanding of this is the limit. This you is the like, top. All right, awesome. I, Two by eights, baby. I went to town. It was I awesome. I bought lumber like a madman <laughs> and just kept on building. And you built that zip line, which definitely would not fly today. And the guy was like, wait, you need how much stainless steel cable? What What are you doing? I said, I'm building a zip line. He goes, no, you're not. And you were like, no, seriously. Yeah. And yeah. I had to send him pictures. I had to send him pictures because I don't Dude. believe you. Yeah. No, that was an awesome tree house. Until Joe had to go to the hospital. But we're not going to talk about Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. You know? Okay, well, let's punch up the uh, the main thing before yeah, mom, before we talk about the mom gets <laughs> So if your mom shows up, we're really in trouble. It's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oftentimes people will say, hey, Todd, you guys were really strict parents. And I then turn on them and say, define what you mean. Define your terms. And I wanted to get your perspective because I'm the parent. You were the first child. That's what you meant. Okay. I thought you wanted me to talk about my parenting and whether or not I was a strict dad. I want to know what people generally talk about when they mean strict because sometimes, to me, strict is not strict. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what people say is strict is a joke. Yeah. No, I think there's definitely a difference of opinion in terms of what the definition of strict parenting is. And an example in in my life is that I can see a spectrum of the way that parents my age are raising children that are my children's age. Okay. So what most people mean when they say they're a strict parent is they use corporal punishment. I mean, and that's the only thing that they're talking about? Generally. Now, I don't know if that's always and everywhere what people are thinking, but if somebody says to me, like, yeah, we're strict parents, I assume, whether or not that's incorrect that I'm assuming this, I assume that they're saying we spank our children, and they're saying it in the socially polite way. Oh. so See, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so that's that's what a lot of people do when they're using the term strict parenting, is they're trying to politely say, we are okay with spanking our children. Oh, Okay. So that's one way that I've seen it used. But then I've also seen where parents say we're strict. And what they mean is that after their kids do anything that's against the rules, quote unquote, they sit down and have a discussion about it. All right. Not like time out, just like they sit down and talk to their kid and make them pay attention to them and talk about it. Well, our, our memory of your childhood, I'm sure, is very different. I'm talking about me and you. Yeah, yeah, probably. My memory of raising you is probably very different. So I would love for you to talk about... I was a little punk. But would you have considered your childhood being in a strict household? In comparison, absolutely. But when you were in the midst of it, did you feel like if somebody asked you, hey, are your parents strict? Not until I was a teenager. And even then, I realized when... uh, I had a lot of freedom in areas where other people didn't, Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of restrictions in areas where other people didn't. So it was kind of different. Like, and I remember realizing this when I could drive was really the first time when I realized how different it was for me than it was for other kids. What do you mean? Explain. So remember when you used to let me go over to? I say let me. Remember when I used to ask if I could go over and hang out with people on the Eastern Shore when we lived in Mobile? So you never once, except maybe a handful of times when we were going on a trip the next day or something, you never gave me a curfew. All you did was say, be back and make sure that you lock the doors when you go home and text us when you're going to be home. Well, how old were you at the time? I was 16. Uh, Okay, because some people are listening right now saying, Todd, you're ridiculous. Like, you weren't strict if that was the case. Well, but here's the thing. Explain that you were a a high school graduate at 16. Okay, yes. So I I had graduated high school, and I was doing stuff the summer after I graduated from high school. So it was a little different. You're basically in college. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like, I remember hearing from my friends who their parents would still give them curfews. And, excuse me. It's not like I felt like I was getting to do stuff that other people weren't allowed yeah, to but, do because everybody would go see their friends, but you never gave me a curfew. Yeah, but and why not? Why didn't I give you a curfew? Because you trusted me. Exactly. Yeah. So in that way, your parenting wasn't strict at all. If anything, you gave me but way more it, freedom than I probably deserved to have. Was it strict to get you to that point, though? Absolutely. 
Explain. So I was never allowed to go to any dances, any school dances, because you and mom had a prejudice against school dances. We did. And then I was also never allowed to do sleepovers because you were rightfully never. You were rightfully protecting us. And I think you were ahead of your time in that way. Because there's a lot of people now that won't do sleepovers, probably for the same reason that y'all didn't let us do that. Mm. Except that now it's socially acceptable to talk about why, which is you're protecting kids from abuse. Right? Yes. So I appreciate you not letting me do sleepovers. Now I can see the wisdom of that. We're not going to let our kids do that except with people that we trust with our lives. And um, that was kind of strict because a lot of my friends did sleepovers. A lot of them were really upset and didn't understand when I would say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to do sleepovers. Let me be the first one to admit that, especially with your first child, you make a lot of mistakes. Oh, absolutely. And I apologize publicly on the internet you right really, now. You don't have to. I know, but this is fun. Yeah. I apologize for any of the mistakes, but any it's and kind all of, of the mistakes. Okay, but hang on a second. Like, I, I understand the sentiment and I appreciate it, but it's really kind of a silly thing to apologize for being strict. Like, if, if there was abuse, then it's like, yeah, of course you could apologize well, for that. Well, some people would define it that way. No, I would not define it that way at all. Okay. As somebody who has been to see a therapist, like, I would not define any of the things that happened in my childhood that I'm aware of, that I can remember as abuse. And right. I will say that publicly because it's like I'm confident in that idea in my own self-identity and understanding of myself now at this point. So the reason why I'm saying it's silly to apologize for anything that wasn't abuse is because we all screw up our kids. Yeah, We all do in yeah. some way, shape, or form. And I think what parenting is is figuring out ways to mitigate the brokenness that you carry through from the way that you were raised, right? You're just mitigating. You can't erase it. All you can do is sort of find ways to make it better than it was for you. That's a good point. That's a good point. Which that's what that song we wrote is about. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. But we don't, there isn't some kind of test. There isn't a formula. There isn't an algorithm to say, this is the level of care of being a quote-unquote strict parent, and this is as far as you should go. You really don't know as you're going along, and you're feeling it out. And mom and I, every time, you were the one that it was all new. So people would be like, hey, can we do a play date? Can we come pick up Stefan? We're like, no, you're not picking up our son. The first time I let you ride in someone else's car, we were going someplace, and you were like, hey, daddy, can I ride with Mr. Bobby? And He's looking at me like, yeah, come on, just jump on in. And you were big enough to not be in a child seat or a booster seat. So it wasn't like it wasn't like that. But I looked at him with laser eyes and I walked in because you just jumped in. It wasn't even something where I didn't have a good enough reason to say, get, get out. It wasn't like he was going to get a DUI or something. It was the middle of the day. And everything was fine, mm-hmm. but I walked up to him, and he rolls down the window. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know where we're going? Because I think we're all going to a snowball stand in New Orleans. Yeah. And I said, you have right now the most precious cargo <laughs> that that I possess in my life. <laughs> and he was probably like, okay, Todd, And he was geez. like, oh, my gosh. And then he second-guessed whether he should let you ride with him. And he paused. And I said, you better be careful. Because I was the first one. Yes. And I never let you ride with anyone. I'm laughing, not because I think that's silly, but because I understand exactly what that's like with raising Edith. Like, we were those people as well. We were just like, okay, don't be careful if you're going to hold her. Like, please, you know what? It's probably better if you just don't, you know? (laughs) Like, the first time 
your grandmother, yeah. mom's mom, yeah. was like, hey, let me hold the baby. And I said, now you remember how to do this, right? And she looked at me like, I had five kids. Shut like, up. Like, Todd, come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. And people did that to me. So when we brought Edith to go see Afton's extended family for the first time, a bunch of Afton's aunts came up and were like, oh, the baby. And I literally pulled the the car seat away and was like, ah, careful. Like, Yo, be, be careful. And they kind of looked at me like, okay, you first time dad, right. like let us hold the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be talking about that. That actually next podcast, the difference between your first. Yeah. Child so, so getting, getting back to the point, like with strict parenting, I think that it absolutely depends on what your definition of that is. So for example, for my own family, one of the things that we're doing differently from how I was raised is we do spank but we don't spank often. Mm-hmm. It's something where we've tried every other option and it doesn't work. So we've tried timeout. We've tried taking away their favorite toy. We've tried sending them to bed early. We've tried taking, like every good thing that we allow them to have, we're just like, we'll take it all away. And if none of that works and you're still being defiant and not listening to us, then we will spank. Yeah. But typically we don't have to. And now you're going to get angry comments from Right, people. and it's like, look, mind your own business. Raise your own kids. And- well, it's and it's not even that. It's just the fact that like, okay, you have a lot of people that will use the term, oh, Todd, you're being overprotective. That is, you're defining where that is. Yeah. Because every every person would say, you need to protect your children. Mm-hmm. If you don't say that, then you're a bad person. Yeah, like, is it overprotective for you to stop your child from touching a hot stove? Right, or because, to make sure that they have a seatbelt on. Because those two things are... I think extremely reasonable and actually duties and responsibilities of parents. So we're on the same page here. Like I, what you would call strict parenting or what maybe people have criticized about your way of parenting is criticism of where you're drawing the line of safety. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to mess up your kids. It has to do with where the parents think the line is for safety. Right. And then that threshold is really important and it's completely different for everybody. And it changes with with certain things. Like, I'm sorry, I do not necessarily trust a lot of people with my children. And that's fair. Until you reach a certain age. Like, like I worried until you could honestly defend yourself. Yeah. Because being in youth ministry and doing a lot of counseling and stuff, I learned about a lot of bad things. Yeah. And it scared me because I never wanted you to experience any of that, especially as a young person who is developing. Yeah. So when people say, oh, Todd, you're being overprotective, I would say, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just, I really don't care. Fine. Now, I will say this. You are pretty intense about some of this stuff and not not necessarily in the choices that you're making as far as like how you're protecting your children, but the way that you express it is extremely intense. Okay, I'm an so, intense so maybe, person maybe and that's Maybe that's what they're saying is well, like, geez, because I'll bet I'm that saying. guy who was like, I was riding in his car, I'll bet he was like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, I agree with you. My kid, my kids are precious too, but At the oh time my he was gosh. single, he didn't have any kids. Okay, just kidding. So, but- But our, that's that's my point though, right? Yes, it is, but but this is the funny part. I also probably put you guys in some physically threatening situations at early ages. You mean like throwing us in the pool? Yes, it was or, awesome. Or climbing up on the roof also and then mom awesome. busting us. You know, even the zip line. That the, was awesome. The zip line. We weren't joking about. My son Joe had to go to the hospital or to the doctor's office to get an x-ray hashtag worth it yeah because it was awesome because that kind of stuff to me doesn't necessarily need to be protected as much and i know that that's just a personal feeling choice as a parent 
I brought you guys white water rafting as soon as you were allowed to. And it was awesome. Once you hit that threshold of the age where it's like, let's go. Yeah. Because that to me was important. And some people say, Don, weren't you worried that your ch- child was going to drown? No, because I was in a close enough raft. I could, I could dive and in. And we were all wearing life vests. Like, that's the thing that, okay, so I think there is kind of a double standard when people talk about strict parenting. Because you can be an aggressive and intense parent when it comes to disciplining your children, but you can also be unbelievably negligent if you're not thinking with a certain vision toward their safety when it comes to the relationships that they have with other people. So for example, when we were growing up, you're right, you did let us do a lot of awesome things that other parents would probably be like, Todd, that's crazy. Like you let your son go whitewater rafting and ride the bull when he was thirteen. Which thank you. Yeah. Thank you by the way. Come on. Because that was one of the best memories of my life. Um, but having said that, there were a lot of other parents who would never have allowed their kids to go whitewater rafting at 13 and yet were letting them go sleep over with whoever they wanted to <sighs> until they were in high school. I have shivers running up and down my back. So do I. Because what you were saying about trust a minute ago is true for us now as well, now that we have kids. It's like yeah. I would never, ever allow my children to go and sleep over at someone's house unless I trusted them with my life, like I said before. Well, because in essence, that's what you're saying when, mm-hmm. you, when you're giving your kids over. So and maybe that's extreme, but if that's strict parenting, then I'm totally fine with being labeled that way. So these are some of the recommendations that I have. First of all, it's a really good idea to be on the same page with your spouse. Oh, yeah. Mom oh and gosh, dad need yeah. to be on the same page. How often did you see mom and I arguing about, let's say, some sort of punishment or something like that? I'm sure I saw it, but I can't even remember a single time. I really don't even think, because there were times when I had to go to bat for y'all, when building the giant swing, stuff like that, mom was like, no, that's too dangerous. And I'm like, listen, there is a certain level of danger that I think is healthy in the development of a child. Yeah. Actually, most child psychologists would agree with you. And as the dad, it's my job to set the threshold. No offense, ladies. It's not the mom's job. Typically. Be- because the mom normally is the protector. Generally speaking. And, and or the nurturer. And, um, Typically. And since mom is a nurse also, she's the one that will have to care for the wounds. Generalizations. <laughs> We're going to get canceled. <laughs> but so that's why sometimes mom and I did not agree on stuff. Yeah. You no, know, we were aware of that because one of the things that I do remember is like whenever y'all needed to have an argument, you'd go in the other room and we'd just hear mom like screaming and cussing. <laughs> Not always. Yes, always. Because what would happen is we'd realize that mom was about to blow up and we'd just all leave the room. We'd just be like, ah, oh, it's happening. It's you know? happening. Go to your rooms now. It's happening. Bleep it, bleep it. I can't believe you. Bleep it. Bleep. And mom, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but I learned most of the cuss words that stop, I know from mom. Stop, stop. They were muffled enough. No, but, they were not. But... This is what I'm saying. It's really good when mom and dad are on the same page. And, and we the got way, there always. We the way, always got there. I'm mentioning that not to embarrass mom. I'm mentioning it because I appreciate that you never let us see that part of your parenting experience. And you don't just give in. I mean, you, you've got to work these things out well, yeah. because you don't know. And, and the line is going to change for each one of your kids, mm-hmm. depending on what their needs are and what the situation is. I mean, we, some of you got super angry with us 
for not you and MC got mm-hmm. so mad that we didn't let you go to dances. Yep. And I'm like, okay, you can be mad at us. I'm going to stomp down the hall and I'm going to slam the door and I'm not going to speak to you until like the next day. It's like, okay, you have the right to do that. Yeah. You can make those choices. I'm not going to force you to talk to me. I would try to, I would try to argue my way out of it. Yeah, and and you were good at it, by the way. We mm-hmm. we thought we're like this guy's going to be a lawyer one day. I mean, yep. He's just awesome, and I really could have been. Yeah, since a lot of philosophy majors end up going to law school. So being on the same page with mom and dad, and then trying to make sure that you're looking to to an intended good. Yeah, I didn't want to just be passive aggressive. I didn't want to just be angry because earlier you mentioned, oh well, dad, you were just kind of acting out because of the bad experiences that you had when you were younger. That really wasn't it. That's not what I said. Oh, well, you kind of made... I said we mitigate the brokenness that we have when we're passing along things to our children by raising them. I I wasn't suggesting that you were more broken than anybody else. Well, it's not even that we're more broken. It's just the fact that I'm I'm either way, positive or or negatively, I'm not trying to live vicariously through my children. I really did have your best intentions in mind. Yeah, I believe that. When we were setting up the rules, and the rules, by the way, could kind of move. They could they could well, move. They have to as you get older, right? As your kids get older, the rules have to change. And you really did. I mean, if if I was your guinea pig, then I think you did okay. Oh, I, I think I did awesome. But yeah. uh, just as you said earlier about being able to go across the bay and not having the uh, a curfew... There was a lot in your earlier life that set you up for that position Mm -hmm. to where I knew, like if you were in a a situation where it's like, well, if people were offering you alcohol or something like that. Man, when I was 16, even if I wanted to like buy drugs to use, I wouldn't know how to do it or who to ask. Right. You know, which was to me a really good thing. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, if that's being sheltered, then okay, I was sheltered. but. I, I kind of like the fact that I was sheltered that way. Yeah. Gave me a lot of time to practice guitar. We got good counsel from awesome parents. Mm-hmm. We always look to more advanced mentoring parents, people that we saw their children that were older than you guys, and we liked the way their kids turned out. Yeah. That was important to us. We're like, we like your children. What did you do? So that's another thing. Seek counsel. And then once you get to that point, then love your kids till it hurts. Yeah. And be okay if somebody brands you. We got branded as the overprotective, strict parents. Oh, they never let the kids sleep over. See, that sounds hilarious to me now as an adult because it's, I don't know. There's a lot of other parents that are are way more strict now than y'all ever were. And that seems crazy to me, but I'm sure that there's parents that are even more strict than they are. So maybe it just depends on where you fall on the spectrum. Yeah. There you go. Sounds yeah. good. So talking about strict parenting, you got a dad thing? Uh, I do, actually. I do have a dad thing. I hope that's the right button. <laughs> it's the dad So I think that all fathers at some point or another experience road trip rage. Whoa. Road trip rage. And then is it important on how you deal with it? Well, yes. But my point is that I always kind of looked at the way that you would be when we were going on trips. And I was just like, man, dad seems really stressed out for some reason. (laughs) 
Like he just seems like he's a bundle of emotions. Because it's the weight of the world, because man. Because he's either really angry or about to cry, depending on. <laughs> so, and I I never got it until until as a dad with kids, we went on our first road trip, and within thirty minutes of starting to get the car ready to go, I was like, okay, I get it. Do I you, totally get it. Yeah. I was like. I I need a drink like that that type of thing. <laughs> and it's nine o'clock in the yeah, morning, <laughs> and I don't care because you have so many stressful things that are happening all at once that are completely different from your regular schedule. That it should be this relaxing thing that you're right. going out of town, right. having a good time, and it's not. The whole trip is like just you're trying to hold back the waters, you know, of the stress like boiling over into just being like, "We're going home. I give up," you know. <laughs> Do I have to pull over? Do I have to pull over? Oh, and the smallest thing can set that off. But you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly. Every single dad who's gone on a road trip with their kids knows exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And then how we deal with it. I mean, be okay with the fact that everyone goes through it, but then how we deal with it is really important. I don't know if I've done this well, but I'm trying to. It's now with the younger kids as they get older and start driving. Teach your children, A, how to open the hood and what to look for just initially and especially checking your fluids. That's an important thing. I should check my fluids. Yes, you should. Every other time you fill up, at least check your oil real quick. It takes you seconds to pull the dipstick. It's the lifeblood of the engine. Lifeblood of the engine. Yep. All right, so unfortunately, <laughs> starting now, we are moving uh, to Stefan only doing a song at the end of the podcast for our bonus episodes. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Which can be found at podbean.com. I was, up, going, I was going to run out of songs, yeah. so it's look up probably Potter better Familius, this And then look at the patron program. We're keeping it super cheap. Yep. It's five bucks a month to support Potterfamilius. You get you all get eight episodes, right? Or, or four. Wait, four episodes. Four bonus episodes. That nobody else month. gets to listen to. Only patrons get to listen to them, and that's where Stefan's music will be. If that's something that you enjoy, which I know a lot of people have commented that, that they do. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were going to run out of songs <laughs> awfully quick. <laughs> so then, now soon we're going to need an exit song. Yeah, so uh, hopefully... Within the next few episodes, we'll have exit music, not just intro music. There you go. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familius. Do all the things. We appreciate it.